What's up, y'all? You're listening to The Goat Rodeo, a podcast about how to do life, family, travel, and small business all on your own terms. Let's get to it. everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Goat Rodeo podcast. Today we're joined by Christine Yatsukar. She's the co-owner of the Yatsukars as well as Stumptown Media Group. They are a brilliant photo and video team based out of Oregon. She and her husband Rich are just doing incredible things. Um, and not only that, Christine is without a doubt one of the nicest people you would ever meet and she has this undying passion to help creatives become more successful in their businesses after having some complete transformations in her own business. So stick around, enjoy this conversation. It was really exciting to hear from her and all the neat stuff she's doing. So enjoy. You should get a little round microphone that can hover in the bottom of your screen like ours. (laughs) Or just, yeah, we talked about having a whole interview session that's just... Like, this is all you can see. <laughs> that would be microphones. fun. Honestly, I should get a little set up because I'm doing stuff like this all the time. And I just look like the the dingleberry that has the... <laughs> we, can, you, we can link you with our really expensive setup. I think this mic oh, was perfect. like $30 and the, the mic stand was like $12. I hope there are affiliate links. Yeah. Yeah. They will. Oh, they will. <laughs> There's no reason to buy anything that's not an affiliate link to someone. I mean, Amazon shouldn't just be making money on us. Right. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Doing well. It's Monday Monday morning. Well, Monday afternoon, I guess now. Yeah, it's like 1 o'clock for us. But it's been good. It was a good weekend. We we, um, went and saw the new Christopher Robin movie yesterday i fell asleep oh bummer (laughs) i'm not i was never a winnie the pooh fan really um but jen and the kids wanted to see it so i was like yeah let's go (laughs) let's go waste an obscene amount of money to watch a movie i don't want to see dude it costs like a hundred bucks to go to the movies yeah that's why we don't go to the movies (laughs) what so i don't know we went to this movie theater where they have like reclining seats and yeah. they have full service and everything, which we'd never done before. Full service. Yeah. Like someone actually comes to your seat. <laughs> full service movie theater. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Whoa. Chad. Whoa. So it was a family movie chat. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but they come over to your seat and they'll take your order for whatever you want. And um, it is definitely not affordable (laughs) (laughs) it's an experience uh, it's all about the experience the movie experience right yeah you're not just getting a video projected on a wall jamie i'll say to fall asleep in a reclining chair at the movies was much nicer (laughs) than at a regular movie theater i would i would pay a hundred dollars for a really good nap in a reclining chair (laughs) <laughs> yeah i wouldn't pay a hundred dollars for a nap anyway yeah. i did That's... tell jen i was like you know i really like that recliner <laughs> <laughs> you're like actually i'm thinking about taking them to a movie next weekend too <laughs> i feel so rested <laughs> uh, so that was my new movie, Sunday. Like, new movie we call that nap time yeah <laughs> 
Nap time for daddy. <laughs> it's like a permanent, it's like a perfect, perfect, it's like a perfect scenario. You have like a really big movie theater and like someone else to watch the kids in case like they don't watch the movie <laughs> and a recliner. Did they serve beer? They did. I didn't have one, but they do. You should, this, this sounds even better. I'm taking my kids to the movies. That's Come on over. Happened. We'll go see Christopher Robin. I could use <laughs> yeah, another nap. We can go not watch Christopher Robin again. <laughs> so I remember uh, Dennis Leary like talking about uh, Titanic, and he's like, if you need a really good nap and an $8 sandwich, this is your jam. <laughs> I loved Titanic. <laughs> I've still never seen it. <laughs> I heard really? like it three times. <laughs> My wife has it on VHS. It's Aww. a double, like the double decker, you know. You I think still Jen have a VHS does. Player? No, but we have the movie. So we I'm have sure a VHS have player. Yeah, I'm sure we, we have one somewhere in the basement. Yeah, well, we didn't, but we went to a thrift store or something, and they had the Back to the Future box set on VHS, and Landon loves Back to the Future, so he was, like, begging to buy it. This was a few years ago, and I was like, all right, I guess we'll buy it. We don't have anything to watch it on. And then, <laughs> so we went home, we bought it, we went home, and I think the next day or something, he wanted to go out with his own money and buy a VHS player, which we went to another little thrift store, and it was... I was going to say, you can probably find them for, like, three bucks. bucks. Yeah, it was like <laughs> wow. $5 You can buy DVD less. players now for, like, $20. Like the, you know, like the ones for... That you used to pay like a hundred dollars for, they're like cheap crap ones. Wow. They're like nineteen dollars at Walmart. People still buy DVD players? Apparently. I don't know. We don't the only place we can have we even have the ability to watch a DVD is in our van. <laughs> right? Like we don't have anything <laughs> in our house that plays a DVD except for our van. That's funny. It's crazy, right? <clears throat> Your van has a DVD player? Yeah. Of course, minivans all have DVD players and like what? espresso makers and <laughs> massage chairs. <laughs> Our van is like, seriously, I'm, I'm not kidding you. It has a widescreen DVD screen and you can play a movie on half of it and plug an HDMI video game controller into the back and play the video game on the other half. So you can watch That's a movie and play video games on the same exact screen. What? It's crazy. It's nicer than our house, actually. Our van is nicer oh, than our house. Insane. That is cool. It is cool. I, the more that I was like, I don't want a minivan. And then we drove minivans and I was like, this minivan's all right. <laughs> can you drive so I can watch Christopher Robin? <laughs> <laughs> so Christine, how was your weekend? Uh, it was awesome. We, I don't know how long we've been doing it for, but we don't work on the weekends anymore, which... Mm-hmm. I don't know why it took us so dang long to figure that out, but man, like the rest of everybody else in the world's jobs. I know. I thought it was so cool that we could work whenever we wanted, but really it wasn't whenever we wanted. It was just all the time. Yeah. Or Um, whenever everyone else wasn't working. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I don't answer emails. I don't do anything on the weekends. So we just hung out. We, did like a picnic with some friends. I went to an India festival with another friend. You say um, India or Indian? They called it the India festival because it was uh, India Independence Day. Oh, mm. yeah. It's cool. It was what? Fun. What was there? What? 
what you guys do there? So they just had performances all day. So like there was all these dances from like little tiny kids to adults and there was traditional dances and then there was more like Bollywood uh, hip hop fusion dances and then obviously lots of good food and um, they even like taught you how to dance. So my friend and I, we got up during that portion, obviously, and we learned how to dance. Would you possibly be able to demonstrate that dance? <laughs> um, well, they do one called the Rolex. Oh, like yeah. This. And, it, and it, there's music going, like during that thing. Yes. Dude, when I hear that music, I like can't help myself. Yeah. I just want to dance. It's like that and Pitbull. If one of those yeah. two music are playing, like you, yeah. you're just like you're moving, and you don't, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, what is, what's happening to my body? Have you ever shoot Indian legs? Oh yeah, I've I, I, I shot a best. ton of them, but yeah, I've shot several. They're so much fun. I've always wanted to. They look like they'd be a blast. I love the colors and just the. So I just love that they allow you to be so close. Um, yes, but I've never had the opportunity. They're like, come up on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, sit right here next to my mom. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, get exactly. in there. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. so fun, though. It's just like a big party. So, yeah, that was fun. And just hung out. We got some of this. We went to the craft store for one thing for Forrest. And we ended up getting this stuff called Floof. And it, it's like. It's edible? It's like, no. It's like oh. fake fake snow kind of but oh. not it's like kinetic a little bit yes. but it yes. sticks to everything Ev- so yes. our living room is freaking covered in floof right now <laughs> been there <laughs> i can why honestly say i've never stuff? had floof in my living room why do they make it i, I want to write the person who made it and be like listen yeah it works I, for you i think we got it from grandma one time and opened it and it was awful and we're just it's, like, never again. It's probably the same it, person it, that gave you glitter for like birthdays. <laughs> it's like, oh, that, that that's that person that hates you. Like buys you glitter and I floof. I love glitter, actually. I know I, you do. Glitter. Like, I, like, like, I like glitter? glitter everywhere except my house. Yeah. Yeah, it does get everywhere. It never yeah. goes away. And apparently it's not good for the environment, I just found out. So I have to start using like Bio- biodegradable glitter. Yeah, apparently it's bad. Yeah. Which is bad news because it's never going anywhere. It's never like you can't get it out of your carpet or the ocean, apparently. Or the earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty at least. <laughs> you know, there will be some 10 year old kid who invents something that will allow us to clean all the glitter clean up. Clean the glitter. Yeah. I hope so. It's probably floof. I'll bet glitter sticks to floof. <laughs> it's been Loof there the whole the time. Floof is the answer. They're like, how do you clean up glitter? You're like, well, I got this stuff right here. It sticks to everything. Yeah. You know, then you'll just have a big ball of glittery floof. Yeah. Which sounds like it's an accident. I don't know. Floof. So, Christine, before you had mentioned that you're now just working during the week and you have weekends off, can you talk to us a little bit about your journey and more specifically what you were doing before versus what you're doing now that's allowed you to change up your schedule so drastically? Yeah. I mean, there's so much to it. Well, we don't Um, have that long, so (laughs) micro. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Give us an overview. I don't know why, but every time anybody says, tell me your journey, I always think like, tell me your journey. Christine, how has your journey been? 
Has your journey been incredible? <laughs> that those people are my life. Like <laughs> that, that is my sphere. Crystals and glitter. Yes. That's <laughs> um and the Rolex. And the Rolex. Um I think the 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 change before I talk about the two different sides of it, the change was just having our son. Mm. And it, I feel like it's kind of cliche to say, but it, really having him just changed my outlook on life. It changed how I viewed and valued my time. Um, and yeah, I just became like more of a badass ballsy version of myself. Uh, but so before I thought that being a business owner and being an entrepreneur meant that you have a lot of money and you make sure everybody knows that you have a lot of money and that you don't have time for any of the like relationship, family, friends stuff in life because you're always working. Yeah. And so that was like my goal. I wanted to have the most money just to have money and make sure people knew that I had money because I worked <laughs> so hard and that I was always working. Um, and then, and so that kind of put me in a position where I was reacting to um, what people wanted from me. And I was reacting to what I saw other business owners doing and just trying to do what I thought they were doing. Mm. And then we had our son and I was like, I don't want any of this. <laughs> I don't want to spend money on Louboutins. I want to spend money on vacation with and the rich floof. and forest. And floof. Yeah. We can buy all the floof we want now. Right? Uh, <laughs> like, we be rolling in the floof beer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't want to work on the weekends. I want to go to our cousin's son's second birthday party mm. and hang out all day. And... So my perspective just changed. And then instead of reacting to what people wanted from me and what I thought success was, I, Rich and I literally sat down and said, what do we want our life to look like? And then let's reverse engineer it and just make our days and weeks and months look like that. Hmm. So as a mother now, that transition from being just a full-time business owner okay. slash wife, right. Um, mm -hmm. to a mother and having to like rearrange your, your schedule, your entire life because of another human being. Mm -hmm. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that transition? Oh yes, I can. Cause it was <laughs> the hardest thing <clears throat> ever. It took me, so my son is like two and a half right now, a little older than two and a half. It took me about a good two years to get out of like this fog where mm. I just felt like I was a crazy person. And I felt like I couldn't like understand life. Like it was so basic, my struggle. I was like, I want to work on my business 24 seven because I love it so much. But I also want to be with this little human 24 seven. And there's only one of me. And how the heck do I make this happen? Uh, and so it was a huge struggle for me. And I kind of just like retreated away from everything. Um, but in a way it was good because it really gave me time to gain new perspective even further into what do I want my life to look like and how do I make this work? 
Um, and I, I just did an article for a photography magazine and I talked about how having a kid made me <clears throat> way more productive. Mm -hmm. So I used to work like 12, 13 hours a day. And now I work about five, four and a half, five hours a day. And I get the same amount of stuff done, if not more, and our revenue is growing. And mm -hmm. so it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. I, I realized I didn't have the time. And I also didn't want to spend all my time working. I wanted time left for family. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. in asking about um, <clears throat> that you, I mean, basically you just said, we just decided we're just decided we're, we want to make life look how we want it to look. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there was anything like particular that gave you or maybe gave you permission or gave you the right to feel that? Like I, yeah, we can totally do this because I feel like a lot of people don't just wake up and feel like we can do whatever we want when it comes to work. No, I think it wasn't so much an empowering thing, but like a breaking thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so leading up while I was pregnant, leading up to my son being born, we went through kind of a string of events that just kind of, for me in particular, like broke me. Uh, we had a couple clients, wedding clients, so we were shooting exclusively weddings, luxury weddings uh, up until my son was born. And we had a few clients in particular that just were too much and being pregnant, <laughs> going through that, I, I almost like washed my hands of them. I just couldn't deal with it. Um, and Rich had been trying to tell me for a while, like, I don't think this is what we want. Like, why are we going after these clients when it's not, you know, there was no connection there. Um, it was just a different kind of client. Um, but so, yeah, there were a few situations with clients where I was like, I don't understand how you are a human being and you can treat other human beings this way. And uh, that was kind of the breaking point of just, you know, for me and how I deal with things like crying for weeks <laughs> <laughs> over this stuff. And really that was that was kind of like the low point where it's like, why are we going to try to keep moving forward in this direction? Let's pause and rethink things. That's exactly how Jamie deals with everything, by the way. Yeah. She just cries. It's okay, Jamie. mildly embarrassing. But yeah. I text, I text chat about what's bothering me at the time yeah. and ask if we can talk about it while we're on, with on video movies. here. <laughs> but Real talk, you need that. Yeah, you got to yeah. have an outlet you sometimes, right? You do. And for someone who understands, it's it's I mean, so awesome. Well, I mean, if you don't have an outlet, that's kind of the way I always think about it. If you don't have an outlet, the outlet will make itself at the most inopportune time. Yeah. <laughs> like the most awkward situation that will ever exist. It's like all yep. of a sudden I have all these things I need to talk about and you're going to listen. <laughs> and that person is yep. just like I'm sorry yeah. <laughs> it's true yeah. it's true I've definitely broken down at some very inopportune times so like I'm sorry I just can't help it right now I don't know what's happening and they're like I don't either but it's weird <laughs> my outlet yeah. tends to be the gym or fishing yeah. ooh yeah Mine is definitely, if I don't go to the gym a couple days a week, like I, I feel like I'm extra snappy or even just like, I don't want to see any people. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get the same way. But I was actually talking to Chad, or I guess bitching a little bit to Chad <laughs> through text talking. this weekend. Same thing. <laughs> because uh, we had a, a guest at our home, um, a child guest at our home. And, <laughs> you know, that whole moment of how can you be a human being and treat other human beings like this? We had that in full force. And in the, in the form of like a child that uh, you can't actually just like go off on. Yeah. So all my pent up aggression was going Chad's way. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. It sounded weird when you said it that way. I don't know why. <laughs> trying, trying to be an, a nice parent for this other child. Right. But all the while seeing my own child that's crushed and bummed out because you know whatever because this other person is bossy and i'm trying to be very non-specific so that if somehow (laughs) this person would ever stumble across what we're talking about i don't have to there are uh, there are moments of definite children asshole behaviors yeah (laughs) it's like what do you you know like it's same thing it's kind of like the same thing with adults like what do you do like i don't know yeah, just politely ask oh. them to leave. I, I feel like I'm I'm okay with adults. I'm not afraid to just be like, you know what, you need to stop, or yeah. I'll get myself out of that situation. But with a kid, like someone else's child, how how far am I able to go other than trying to direct these you know people in the right manner? And they were only here for a couple hours. You know, it wasn't like a whole day thing. So sending them home wasn't. Much of a punishment. They were only going to be here for two hours anyway, and yeah, it's like <clears throat> that's like a new level of parenting unlocked when another kid is being mean to your kid, and you have compassion because it's a child. But at the same time, nobody messes with your kid. <laughs> You're like, you have compassion, but I will kill a kid. Like, <laughs> but I will, yeah, <laughs> I will spank somebody else's child. I don't care. <laughs> no, not really. Just kidding. Yeah. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, i'm not above i'm way past the point like we have five kids from 18 to four like i'm way past the point of like where i feel uncomfortable making someone else uncomfortable so like it's definitely really easy that's why i told him i was like i just straight call kids out that come to our house because our kids i mean we have seven people in our family there's always 10 to 20 people at our house just in general so if i see a kid being a turd i'm like listen this is not how things work here so oh. I was saying that yeah. there was plenty of that, yeah. but but I could tell as I was saying this, I'm gonna smack your it, juice box out of your hand. It was just <laughs> like they were looking through me, not even at me. You know, they weren't paying attention. They didn't care. Like so, I I walked away from that situation just feeling like, how can a person be such an asshole. I got like, owned by a nine-year-old. How can they really know. not care about anyone else? You know, but yeah. That's so sad. Whatever. Generally, I mean, it it's is. the same thing with, you know, it's the same thing with adults. Like the whole hurt people, hurt people thing is like, they just, they really, really need attention. And so they have found that if they scream or yell or boss or smack or whatever, that's how it happens. Somebody will at least pay attention to them then. Oh, yeah, they made that crystal clear. Yeah. (laughs) I love how not over it you are. (laughs) It's like, I don't want them at the house ever again. (laughs) They are not going to watch Christopher Robin with us. 
<laughs> you know, ever. <laughs> well, hey, we have a we have a segment that we do with every guest that we are reluctantly on Jamie's part calling the Full Truth Five. I'm embracing um, it now. I'm just if you come up, I get, we'll just put this out there. If you come up with a better name for five random questions for our guests, uh-huh. we'll definitely take it into consideration. Because every time I say it, Jamie's like, <laughs> "Great, ah, all right." okay we'll call it that um so we're basically we just we're gonna ask you five random questions and these are not like don't ponder too much there's this we're not judging your intelligence or your ability to make (laughs) quick witty decisions judging my intelligence we're not gonna publicly judge your intelligence everybody (laughs) (laughs) bring your judgments because i don't care yeah (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) Don't think too much. They're not like deep philosophical questions. Um, Okay. All of them. Anyways. Um, Hopefully I don't regret what I say because I'm just going to let it go. So here's here's a new one. What's the creepiest thing you could say while passing a stranger on the street? Um... (laughs) This is a new one. It is a new one. I know. This is so weird. Uh, oh, you smell good. <laughs> <laughs> like you just get really close. And I'm yeah, like, like oh, especially what? creepy because you just passed them. Like you smell right. good. Like they right. get really close. What would you say if someone you said that to good. you? People have said it before. Oh, people have said it to you. Yes. Like a a you woman being like, know. oh, you smell good. Like no, you smell nice. Like a dude. Um, was he like, mm, girl, you smell good? It's just weird. It is so weird. It's so weird. Unless someone just got out of a shower or like has like a very different perfume. I mean, yeah. If it's someone like, oh my gosh, you smell good. But if it's like, you smell good. I'm (laughs) like, no, that is not okay. You cannot do that. (laughs) Nice. But if they're like, oh my gosh, you smell good. Is that like, wait, do I normally Partial. not smell Are you smell surprised? Good? Have you been around a lot of stinky people today? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> Thank you? I'm not sure how to respond to that. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I would say thank you if it was yeah. like, most likely if it was another woman. What if it, was a, if it was another it. dude, would, or if it was a dude, would you say like, thank you? Or would it be like, it depends Thank how they say it. You. What if he had an accent? That has no... <laughs> <laughs> say it. No I bearing. Hear it. I want to um, hear you say it in the yeah, way that you hear you it, it. The, being said the creepiest in your brain. Me? It, yes. Yeah. Like in your brain, if I said the creepiest way that someone could say you smell good, what does that sound like to you? I think the creepiest would, way would be if they came up to you and whispered. <laughs> <laughs> just like got uncomfortably close like you smell good <laughs> i mean how would that not just send chills up your spine yeah, yeah. i might hit them actually yeah. i might hit on them <laughs> <laughs> you smell good oh my goodness okay next <laughs> all right all right christine if animals could talk what accent would your dog have? Um, is an old man accent? Can that be an accent? <laughs> yeah. Wh- how would he say hello to you? Um, 
like an old man. Like, oh yeah, what would that sound like? <laughs> I don't do that. Yes, you do. You do voiceovers. Come on. You have been not you old have been man. paid to make sounds with your with your voice. Christine, if you were to know what that sounded like, what would it what would it, what would it be? What would it sound like to you? Um Wait, what is he saying? He's saying hello to you. Like, good morning. Uh, he would be like, good morning. <laughs> what kind, of, what kind of dog is he? Uh, the one that I'm talking about, he's a Border Collie Terrier mix. Mm. And he's like the grumpiest dog ever. <laughs> we he's have so a, sweet. We, we have like a 140-pound <laughs> lab, and he's like the consummate junior high boy. He's just like... <laughs> What are we going outside? Is this my food? He's just like, and he's not. He's just never going to get past that stage. I also have one of those. Not a lab. No. Jack's not a lab. No, he's a hound. He's a hound dog. He's 10 and he has the energy of a one-year-old dog still. He's like, did you throw this ball? Is this ball for me? Is this ball for me? I'm going to get the ball. All day, every day. All day, yeah. Yep. All right, Chad, you're up. Um, okay, so what's a weird what's a weird food combination that you love? Uh, <laughs> I like how you're excited about it before you get it. I, I want it now. Um, <laughs> it's going to start out not weird, and then I'll get into the weird part. Garbanzo That's... beans, kidney beans, pickles, and the crispy chow mein noodles. Not cooked? All mixed together. Oh, you mean the Anything noodles, like the topping cooked. stuff? Yeah, the crunchy Oh, ones. yeah. Mm. That does actually, sound good. That does sound good. I'd be all right with that. It's really good. How'd so you do you mix them, or do you, like, scoop it with the pickles? Ooh. No. Do you guys have soup plantation where you're at? Soup plantations? Soup plantation. It's a restaurant. Or I don't know. Like sweet a, tomatoes. I only know what that is because I lived in California. At oh, one Okay. So it's like a salad bar place. And I think some people are like, ew, soup plantation. Yeah, it's like a it's like a sizzler, but nicer. Kind of. It's like a sizzler? With the salad bar? Yeah. Okay, but their salad bar is like huge. And I was vegan for a very long time. And so that salad bar was like my favorite restaurant to go to because the whole salad bar I could eat. Uh, and so I think I was just putting everything that I liked on my plate one day and those things were next to each other and it just happened nice. and then after that it became a thing a beautiful yeah. accident a beautiful accident a weird <laughs> accident cool sounds good it's like crunchy and, and salty and kind of mushy yeah. it's all good together. yeah it's the sweeter pickles too mm. Mm. What about you guys? Can I ask you guys? What's your favorite weird food thing? My favorite weird food combination? I don't know if I have a favorite, but I like weird... I, like, I think we talked about this already. Like cottage cheese and sun chips. Like I'd oh. scoop the cottage cheese with the sun chips. I could probably do pickles, but I like pickles with beef jerky too. Like Ooh. back and forth. I could try pickles with pretty much anything. I love pickles. Yes. Pickles and Doritos. 
is really good. I'm not going to lie, though. I was just grocery hunting in the fridge the other day and was like, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> and I grabbed some pepperoni and ate it. <clears throat> and I was still chewing it. And I squirted whipped cream in my mouth. <laughs> it wasn't because I wanted them together. I was just like, I had both of them. And I was like, oh, I want whipped cream, but I'm not really done with this pepperoni yet. <clears throat> and then I was like, hmm. It's not bad. <laughs> um, I think last time I said mine is peanut butter and jelly with nacho cheese Doritos in it. Oh, I'm down with anything with Doritos. So yeah. right, crunchy. I give that one a clap. I thought it was real weird when I saw that Taco Bell had a chicken taco shell, like mm-hmm. it's a shell made out of like. I don't even know how you make chicken into that shape, but I'm sure it's purified in some way. Uh, but it was really good. Yep. It was like a, I have to try it just because I want to be able to say I've tried it. And it what? wasn't bad. What do you put in the chicken it's shell? It's like a chicken nugget. Like it's like, like a chicken nugget inside? shell. Yeah. Like more chicken. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Didn't and KFC do something like that where they had a, a chicken sandwich with oh, like gosh. chicken as the bun bun <laughs> but it's not surprising <laughs> what did i saw somebody one of my friends put up something about taco bell one time he was like listen if if taco bell can make new menu items with the same four ingredients for the past 20 years there's no reason you can't come up with a new idea it's true it's true it's like right. yeah what else can you do with lettuce and cheese and meat well put more meat on it or wrap it in meat you can make a taco shell out of chicken. True. And fill and it with more chicken. Bad. All right, this is gross. <laughs> you, should probably, you should probably get it with steak, just to be, I mean, you don't want to overkill on the chicken. You're like, can I get a chicken taco with steak, please? And put some um, vegetables they would do on that. It. Okay, what is the weirdest thing you would recommend everyone try at least once? Doesn't have to be food related. Just what's something maybe crazy, outlandish, or whatever you would deem to be wild that you believe everyone should try at least once. Ooh. Um. Jesus, hard. <laughs> Judging you. <laughs> uh, gee, thanks. Um, I don't know. You want me to call an audible and switch it up? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You should ask her the the next to last one on there. Oh, great. That's a good one. (laughs) What totally rad expression did you overuse in high school? Oh, so many. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like I'm still using them. Ill. I said ill a lot. Uh, Ill. That's Ill. Totally ill. <laughs> ill. Uh, mad, which I still use all the time. Mad like that's I, mad crazy? That's mad crazy. And which will always say, why is it mad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing I just did. I did that all the time. What's what? that? When you go... But I would do it like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so Young glad there's video. I, Young Christine, oh my goodness. I, I feel like I um, still use the words in high school, or that I overused in high school. 
What were they? Awesome and radical. <laughs> radical. I like that one. You remember like, when bomb was a thing? Like, oh, that's uh, totally bomb. Oh, like, I used to I, say that. Yeah. Yes. All the time. I did I say, I say bomb. That, yeah. Did so, Christine, you grew up East Coast, right? Boston yes. area. Mm-hmm. Did Did you say wicked a lot? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you? No, he didn't grow up. You there. didn't. Well, no, I grew, up, I grew up on the West Coast, right? So, oh. but I got here. He said hella. I did not oh. say hella. That was terrible. <laughs> um, Jamie loves that term. When I moved here, and it took me a while to get uh, used to the vernacular of the yeah. East Coast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bubla. Like a bubla? Yeah. Bubla. <laughs> <laughs> or hacky. Fack. F-A-H-K. Fack. So we told this story before, but Chad came and shot a wedding out here with me. <clears throat> and the couple, everyone was amazing, but they were definitely like stereotypical Boston accent. Hey. Yeah. And I guess I told Chad, like, just wait till you meet him. Probably the first words out of the, their mouth will be, look at this fucking guy. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And in like the first... <laughs> 10 seconds of yeah. meeting Chad. They're like, oh, the photographer's here. Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hey, the photographer's here. <laughs> like, come you on in. You want to be like that? Come on. It, like, makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, that's, you know, regardless of your opinions about things like that or curse words or whatever, like, there's no way you can't be around those people and not be happy. Like, because they're always happy. And they're it's all, an like, endearing qu- happy. It's an endearing quality, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's a lot of love out here. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not that at all. I just, you know, one thing that I think is incredible about the East Coast living here versus or being on the West Coast and people in general is people out here on the East Coast aren't afraid to tell it like it is. Like Mm -hmm. they will not sugarcoat anything. They'll let you know. And there's a lot of fake people out West, right? So. Something I can appreciate because I like to be blunt as well. Yeah. They're brassy. <laughs> yeah, I love I love the East Coast people. What brought you out West? Uh, acting. Okay. So I finished college. I went to college at Emerson in Boston. And I got my BFA in acting. And I was going to move to Chicago to do improv. <laughs> and then I was like, how can I make money doing improv? I'm going to L.A. Um, so, yeah. Then I moved to LA and I met Rich. And the rest is history. And he was in a band? He was in a band, but he was just kind of closing out the band. I think he had one show after I met him, and that was his last show. Oh, it's like his final goodbye. Yeah. What did he play? Guitar. Oh. And he's, he also he's sings, right? Yeah. yeah, back, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. There's a music video of him kicking around somewhere. Yes. I can't imagine Rich being in front of people intentionally. Well, <laughs> he's a different person on stage. Yeah. You need to see it. We'll I have do, to get him I on here and dig the video up and talk about it. it. Yeah. Yes. You need it's to link so it. It's so cool. Make a note, Jamie. Link that in the description. I can do that. <laughs> Hubby Rich playing the guitar. <laughs> yeah. Rich right. is honestly the most interesting person I know. He's. And he doesn't. So incredibly nice, too. And he doesn't know it. He's the sweetest person. You guys are both the sweetest. Like, when I met you both in person, 
it's like how can anyone be that nice and like and like that <laughs> like genuinely nice it's like you actually care about everyone that you come into contact with and you get so excited when you speak to them and it's just it's amazing it's like it's infectious right that's True why we story. have you here i'm glad infectious in a good way, way. No, when you were a struggling actor, you were an introvert? Uh, well, I'm still definitely an introvert. But I understand that I need to connect with people in a bigger way to expand my business and to help people the way that I think I can help them. But I'm definitely an introvert. And um, I've been talking about this a lot lately um, on like my live videos and some work that I'm doing. But... I used to have a panic disorder. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't smile at people. I didn't do anything. And I probably wasn't very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think going through all of that and like figuring all of that stuff out, it kind of unlocked my like superpower to just be so cool with, who I am that it allows me to be so open and um, caring and empathetic and giving mm. in the way that I am. Mm. We were just talking about that the other day with um, actually with an actress and I was doing the, I, we, we work closer with the uh, theater that's in our town. Um, mm-hmm. And so during the summer they have summer stock. So they have like five or six shows that they put on and they generally keep the majority of the cast all summer. So they like live in town here and hang out and, um, I have them in and interview them and take some pictures with them. And she was saying that, um, I was just reading this book and talking about like, you know, people's anxiety and how we have this anxiety and how like, um, a lot of times actors and actresses kind of feel this social pressure outside of their stage life because they don't like, it's almost kind of like, you don't know who to be, you know, it's like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be because normally when people see me and they're like cheering for me or whatever, it's, I'm playing a part. Um, so how do you get away from like playing a part and actually being your real person outside of your job? You know, and I think even in our jobs, there's probably some, some aspect of that where it's like, you have to be on when you show up, right? You have to be inspiring and exciting and fun and goofy and also well organized and all that stuff. Like, who are you when you're not playing the part? Um, but that we started talking about that. And one of the things that, um, I feel like we both have come to this understanding is that the the only thing that you really have to offer anyone really is you, right? Cause that's the only thing that's different from what everybody else has is like, there's photographers who can light like you. There's, there's people who can sing like you or play like you or do voiceovers or act like you. Um, but they'll never be you. They'll never like have all of your you-ness. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. I think that I was just listening to, uh, you're a badass at making money. Have you guys, Jen Sincero. One of my favorite books. Yeah. Jen Sincero is, uh, and she was talking about how um, it's really, I, it's to me, it's such a freeing idea to think like the only thing you can really do or the only thing that you can do to add value to this world is just be you. And like mm-hmm. to be the best you, and the most you, all of the you-ness that you have, right? Um, I don't know. To me, that was just like a, such a, a weight lifting <laughs> thought because it was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't have to be anything else or acquire any skill or do anything other than just be who I am. Um, I don't know. That's cool. I don't know where I was going yeah. with that other than I just sparked my thought. Um, yeah. Well, what I, what I want to say to that is um, 
because so much of like where I'm at right now and what I can put out to people is the difference between who I am now and who I was not so long ago and how I made that change. And so I think Chad, what you were just saying about like, you have to be who you are in order to give the world your gifts. That is like, that's a huge shift for anybody, but I sort of think of that as like the baseline for like making a change in your life. And what I had been trying to do was like construct myself to be this person that I was like, this is who I am and I'm going to make myself to be this. And the shift for me happened when I stopped trying to put all my energy on myself and who I was and put my energy into what do I want, what do I want to give people? And so I took it off of myself and put it onto everyone else. And so now my only focus is what can I give people to help them? What is the best thing that I can give to people? And then as a result, I'm like taking shape into this. I'm still me, but I'm like this super cool. I'm like, I'm loving myself right now. And it's just kind of happening. And I think it's all because I took the focus off of, trying to create this person I wanted to be and just put it on everyone else. It's pretty cool. So how are some of those ways that you're helping people that you're focusing on others? What are you doing to ignite that fire within you? Yeah. So I think you have to be really self-aware and think about, I mean, first for me, I, I look at how people react to me. So when people come to me and they message me or they call me or, um, you know, they send me an email, whether it's um, a coaching client, like a photog- another photographer that I coach one-on-one, or if it's someone that watched a webinar, or if it's a friend, or it's a photography client, when they come back to me and they tell me what I've done for them, I was noticing the same things yeah. from everyone. And it's, I make them believe in themselves. I make them feel like they can do the things, whatever it is. I made them feel heard. Uh, Finally, for the first time, I made them feel uh, like a release. And so once I started to hear that over and over again, I said, okay, this is what I'm really good at. I know that I'm super empathetic and genuinely caring and I want to help people. I know that I was put on this earth to help people. So I can do that. Obviously, after hearing all this, I can do that by listening to people and just helping them do whatever their next step is. See, I I must have met you after you've had this like transformation because that's all I've known out of you is to be that compassionate person who is genuinely interested and caring in someone else. So I think that's why I was so surprised before to hear you say that, you know, you were an introvert and I can, I could see you being an introvert. I've just never experienced that from you. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a surprise. Like, I think it's, (laughs) it's beautiful that you can realize these gifts that you have. um, And then you can utilize those gifts to, make other people's lives better, right? That's incredible to do for other people. And it's great that you can find the fulfillment for for yourself there and that you're able to turn it into your career. Um, Because that's a a luxury not a lot of people have, right? Yeah. 
not to say that and doesn't come with a lot of work and effort. Right. You've put in years at that, correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's taken so long to get to this point, but it's, it's almost like now that I'm here, it's so effortless. Mm. Like you, I feel like you always, you read books and you hear people talk about, you know, it's so easy to just be you because that's who you are, but it's so hard until you get to that point and then you're like, wow, like I don't have to focus my energy on myself really. And I think the difference is fear. Like fear is what gets in the way of people, um, fear of not putting that energy on yourself because, okay, well, what if I, um, you know, what if I let myself go or what if I stop working hard and then fear also of putting yourself out there to other people. I think the scariest thing is to say like, I want to help you. Would you let me help you? Mm. Can I help you? Am I going to help you? That is probably the scariest thing. But if you just say like, I'm going to have fear either way, would I rather have fear plus regret or fear plus whatever else might happen? <laughs> so well, I heard a, yeah. I heard a um, podcast talking about fear versus anxiety recently. And he was talking about how fear can be extremely useful because what happens when you're afraid is, is your body starts producing all these things in preparation to do something right. Mm-hmm. Is it starts your, your uh, adrenaline starts pumping, your muscles fill with blood, your brain is like put on point. And he said, the difference between fear and anxiety is that when you're experiencing anxiety, all those things are happening, but no effort happens after that. Right. It's like all of the preparation is happening and then you don't yeah. put any effort into making anything come from yeah. that. So the anxiety is literally is, is valueless and productless. It is just anxiety. So he said fear can be used in recognizing fear. And this is something I've been, I, I have been understanding for myself, but also we teach with our children is like, is it's okay to be afraid. It's totally, it's, it's like you please do understand that is a normal response to things that you don't understand or, or haven't done before. I was like, the difference is you can do things even though you are afraid and all those things that your body is doing and that is producing that fear feeling it's doing those so that you will be able to do the thing that you're afraid of. Um, so it's like, it's cool to see that happening for you is like, is realizing that your fear and, and the anxiety or the worry about those things didn't necessarily go away. It's that once you move past those and put that fear into an action, then you were like, Oh, well, it's not, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's weird to realize like, you there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but the fear is not, is not useless. The fear is there because it's producing the things that allow you to then carry out the action. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what would you say? I mean, if you had to, if you were trying to give somebody a couple pointers of like, mm-hmm. here's some ways that you can discover your Eunice so that you can stop yeah. being afraid of being you. What would you say a couple mm-hmm. of those tips would be? Uh, number one is take time for yourself. What do you mean? So whether you have a partner or a family or you're just a single person, like take time where you are alone and you can kind of remember the things that make you really happy. Uh, so like one thing for me is listening to hip hop and just dancing. That is one of my favorite things. 
that I stopped doing because I was like, <laughs> a successful business owner doesn't dance to hip hop in their kitchen <laughs> for an hour. Well, <laughs> um, but once once I started doing that again, it it like unlocked this whole side of me that is just so energetic and so excited and so invigorated. Um, but so just taking time for yourself when you're alone and you can just do whatever the things are that you want to do, whatever that may be. Hmm. That's definitely number one. Uh, to go along with that, like one and a half uh, is to meditate. And I feel like that's kind of like everyone's talking about meditating. Um, but I think meditation doesn't have to be like the, you know, sit with your legs crossed and you're counting your breaths. I think it can also be just like sitting up in your bed and kind of looking out the window for 10 minutes and just like being quiet. Yeah. I don't think it has to be something so intense, um, but it really just helps you like clear your mind. You know, when I think of meditation or when I used to think of meditation, I used to think about like classic meditation where you would sit down, mm -hmm. maybe hum or whatever, listen to mm -hmm. a soothing track. But I really think it's anytime you are putting yourself in a situation where you're, you're forcing introspection yeah. So that could be different to everyone, right? For me, it's not mm -hmm. sitting in a quiet place or maybe like before I said, I like to go fishing that that's one of those ways that I would consider that I meditate because I can go out yeah. there and I can clear my mind and I'm kind of letting go of all of the crap just to enjoy myself and enjoy my <clears throat> time. And it allows me to, I guess, let go and recenter and refocus and, it could be in really small time periods, but I feel like in those time periods, I get so much done in my brain because yes. I'm not focused on all of the other crap that comes along with work or being at home, like in a messy house or the kids are fighting or dinner needs to be cooked or whatever is going on. Right. And it could be different to, to anyone. And yeah. I think that that's really, I think it's great that you pointed out. I think it's important to point out that it doesn't mean you have to go sit in a quiet space. You can go do whatever it is that you want to do that just allows you to think. And yes. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I would say <clears throat> one of the things that um, I've noticed in my own life is that idea that like, I don't even know if it was necessarily like a, oh, successful people don't do this as much as just like, I was so focused and have been, and it's really easy for me to just get like hyper focused on something that's like, I, I grew up working on a farm and like you work until the work is done and you don't stop. You know what I mean? You don't stop in between because you're tired or because you're hot or because you're got other things that are going on. You just, you just do it. And so it's like, it's easy for me to that, to do that same kind of brain mindset. And like, I find myself just, I don't take, I haven't taken time to just go ride motorcycles. And I love that. But when I do, it's weird. Like you said, it's, um, it's almost seems effortless. Like after mm -hmm. coming back from something like that, or like taking a, a lunch break, a long lunch break to just go walk a little bit is like, I don't have time to do this. But what's interesting is that the time after you do those things is like twice as effective, you know, it's like you can do 12 hours worth of work in four hours because mm -hmm. you're focused and you're not stressed by the things that were stressing you. And you've, and you've, 
maybe thought through some of the processes that you were going to do in that work that is now going to make when you actually put your hands to that work, more work is happening. So yeah. exactly. it's crazy. It's been really eye opening for me because I just I don't I'm not a natural relaxer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I'm a real, it's easy for me to work. It's easy. It's easy for me to work and to, to put my hand to doing work, but it's really hard for me to just kind of chill out. But I've realized that yeah. like relaxing and enjoying and doing some of those things that I don't know, maybe we consider them like playful or playing, you know, that like the stuff that comes after that is so much more beneficial and effective that it's like, well, maybe you, if you're, if you have a hard time, like doing things that seem like they're not work, then consider that like work and it's in working like you're going to make the other work that you do right. so much better. Right. <clears throat> I was going to ask you something. Yeah. Um, it, this goes back a little bit, but like you said, mm-hmm. um, I, I've found, or I believe that my purpose in this earth is to help other people. Um, mm-hmm. I, it just dawned on me that like part of that is possible because you believe people can be helped. Right. Um, mm-hmm. is you believe that I think that's one of those things that's like core in, helping people become better at their small business is to realize like one of my favorite quotes ever is uh, Zig Ziglar. And he said, you know, to, to have all the things that you, this is very paraphrased, but basically to have everything that you ever wanted, all you have to do is help enough people get what they want. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's this almost like reverse consumerism idea that like our, we were, we want to work to get our big house and our car and our vacations and our um, retirement fund. And it's, you know, and, and almost this idea that like, well, if you spend all your time doing that and focusing on that for you, you actually miss out on the like actual real bonus hugeness of what could be that because you're so focused on you. Um, yeah. Can you talk to me just a little, just about maybe some of the things that you, you do in working with people or, or a pro, I mean, I know you're doing a little more like coaching and stuff, but like, even just in your clientele mm-hmm. base of like, some of the beliefs that you have about people that help you get to that point, even when they're maybe not coming in at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, um, whenever I am teaching, one of the things that I end like every class, every workshop, everything with is this idea of give more. Whenever you feel like you don't have enough, that's when you have to give more. So whether it's money or time or knowledge give more. (laughs) Um, and so that's kind of what you were just talking about with that quote. Um, but for, for me, when I'm helping people, uh, it's, it's very basic. It's what, what is it that they want? I have to find that out. Obviously I have to ask them, I have to listen and And what was hard for me at first was not having my ideas of what they wanted Mm. beforehand. You know, I would, I would come in with this like preconceived notion about who they are and what they want. And that would just F everything up. (laughs) (laughs) So figuring out what they actually want. And then let me tell you how I can um, help you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did that and it wasn't good. (laughs) Um, what do you actually want? And then how can I use my skill sets to help you have that? So if it's a portrait client and if they want to, um, you know, celebrate their child who's about to leave for college, finding out what has been special in their relationship. And for me, it's not even photographing them that 
really helps them. It's talking with them beforehand and just talking about it like helps them put focus on it and put energy on it. Mm -hmm. And people don't normally do that, especially the stuff that makes us emotional, like the big stuff. We don't really talk about it. We hold it in. So just giving people the chance to talk about something. And with my, um, my coaching clients, the photographers, I always joke with them. It's basically just like therapy. Like we just have 50 minutes of therapy once a week. <laughs> um, because a lot of it is them just talking, me asking questions, and them kind of like figuring out solutions on their own where they're like, oh, yeah, I have been doing this thing and that is not serving me at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's for me, helping people is really just being there for them, just holding them up while they go through whatever they need to go through. Are there any certain types of clients you feel are more receptive or less receptive to opening up to you about some of these things? Cause I imagine that these conversations could become very deep if you're asking people, like, what do you really want when what is important to you? Um, yeah. Yeah. So for the most part, uh, my clients are people who already are um, accepting of the fact that people or events mean a lot to them. Because um, I definitely have had some people come to me that can't acknowledge that, that a person means a lot to them. Like it's too hard for them to even say like, I love this person more than anything in the world. Mm -hmm. And those people have a hard time. Um, well, but for the most, yeah, go ahead. Have you found that sometimes it's a case of they've never had the opportunity to say these things or they felt that they've never had that opportunity or been given that space? Yeah, it's almost like they feel like they can't because for whatever reason they associate opening up in that way with something that they cannot do, either because they have to be strong for someone else or it would make them seem weak in their own mind. Um, yeah, I think you know a lot of people grow up all different sorts of ways and sometimes uh, expressing emotions is not an okay thing. <laughs> It can be uncomfortable. Yeah. It can be. Yeah. Well, and, and what I've realized mm -hmm. in working with people is some people express their emotions through their checkbook. You know what I mean? It's like, is they, they don't know mm -hmm. how to say it any other way other than to like take care of people or to pay for things for them or yeah. to buy them things or to say like, I want to experience this with you. Even if I don't know how to like mm -hmm. tell you that I love you, this is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Right. So giving them that space. But, yeah. but again, I think that's, it interestingly comes back to this idea that you believe there's something in people that is valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so many people have helped me. Like I wouldn't be alive if it weren't for some of the people in my life that helped me like truly, truly, I wouldn't be here. Um, and so yeah, to, to think that there's a thought process that people can't be helped, like blows my mind. <laughs> um, I, and it's not for me to judge other people in that way. You know, like, who am I to say that you can't do something? Hmm. So if I, if I have something to put out there, then that's for everyone. And that was something I had to learn, too. Like, 
judging people if they could learn from me. That's not my place to say. I think something you said before is really interesting. You said it's not about the photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about like the connection that you're helping to create or not even creating your, that you're helping them to realize and to yeah. articulate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just think that's a really incredible piece of it because you realize that the photographs are going to happen regardless, right? If they're having this session, you're going to be taking photographs anyways. So what you've done is you've gone beyond that and you've tried to determine what is going to be meaningful for them in these photographs. What is it about Mm -hmm. these people or about whatever, because it could be an animal, right? It could be having, Mm -hmm. they could be having photos with their dog. Um, But whatever it is about that subject that that person loves so much. And the photographs are kind of like the byproduct of this whole experience that you are giving people. Um, yeah, that's just a really beautiful thing. And I assume, or and I, I know because like we are very similar in how we approach these things that, you know, the clients become so grateful for that. Um, this is a, a lesson that I wished I had learned 10 years ago, um, yeah. to actually care about your clients and, <laughs> Right. right. I mean, we all think that we care about our, our clients, but right. it's very surface level until you actually put in the time and the effort to ask them the real questions, not right. what's your mother's name or any of that stuff, right? Because <laughs> yeah, who, who gives a crap about that? It's like, hey, why is this person the person they are to you? And right. it's a it's something that I... I really hope that the industry grabs onto that mentality more because it's very apparent over the past 12 or so months that we've been exploring this type of relationship with our clients that they have a much better experience. They Mm -hmm. are actually very willing to open up and have these conversations and Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just makes me feel more fulfilled. There are times where I wake up and I don't know what I'm doing that day. I I feel like, Oh, what am I even doing anymore? And it can take one conversation, one wedding, because we're still photographing weddings, showing up to a wedding and, and being able to see it face to face, why it matters so much and be like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's why I'm doing this. I forgot. Like, right. It's incredible. It's powerful. Yeah. Well, and the interesting part to me is that, you know, you said the industry, we hope the industry goes this way. Well, the industry is made up of people like us, photographers, um, and people who are creating the course of thought. And for a long time, I felt like the course of thought has been be awesome, be awesome, be awesome. And people will pay you, right? Is get awesome gear, learn awesome stuff, go to awesome workshops, then teach awesome, 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 then teach awesome workshops <laughs> and teach awesome workshops so and like, and then promote awesome gear and have companies sponsor you to do more awesome stuff. Right. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's like, it's that you're awesome. Right. And that was kind of the thought right. is that People will pay. And I felt like that my first 10 years in my business, that's what I did is I tried to build a brand that was like, 
why would you have anyone else take your pictures? Because our pictures are awesome. Right? right. Well, then there's a point that like people don't really care about you. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not in a sad yeah. way, but like they don't care as much about you as they do about them. Um, and I've said this to my clients numerous times is like, they're like, oh, it's not, you know, it's kind of cliche. Like, oh, we just, you know, we're, we just have like a normal story. I'm like, well, think about this though. The only things that literally, I mean, if you want to get all like spiritual, like the only things that exist actually exist to you are the things that you see, the things that you hear, the things that you feel and the things that you touch. So like California is real, but like to you, it's not any more real than like solid gold toilets. You know what I mean? Like it's not because it's not actually where you can see it and touch it and feel it. So until you have like an experience that's connected to that, it's not really real. It's just a thought, right? And so when you start connecting these things that these people are doing with real things in their lives, like real people and real experiences that they've had and real emotions that they've felt, and then they solidify that with something concrete, like a photo that's in their home that they see every day, like the industry will change because we are changing it, right? And people that are coming up and learning this are going to get the same place that many of us have gotten after 10 or 12 years. Like, I don't really want to do that anymore. I don't care about having a sponsor next to my name. Like maybe I should, but I don't, <laughs> you know, and maybe I should care a lot more about like having awesome photos and being like a badass that everybody wants to pay thousands of dollars. Like, but I don't care because ultimately I think, and this is me speaking about the things I believe about people. I believe everybody wants to feel the way you feel when you help someone like we're communal beings, right? Everybody wants more of that feeling that they feel they're valuable because they helped someone else, whether that's, they help somebody else change a tire or they help somebody else like cook dinner or they help somebody else like watch their kid while they went to the bathroom. Like people love, like there is no, I feel like there is no better feeling of like, I matter to the world. It matters that I'm alive than like when you're helping other people. So I don't think that's unique to just helpers. You know, I think that's, we're built that way intentionally. And so when, when your job, your whole career focus comes from the fact that you're helping other people find the value that they actually have, like it's, it's like, it's a blossoming of fulfillment. You know what I mean? Like you feel really good. They feel really good. You feel really good about helping them feel really good. And it's like, it's just this big expansion of like, I thought I really enjoyed my job. Like I used to think like I really enjoyed my job when I was just, I, I had this moment at the wedding the other day. I'm like, I'm thinking of this picture I'm going to make for them. Like I'm going to put them on this dock and like backlight them and it's going to be amazing. And I know that couple doesn't give two shits about that picture. Not because they don't like art. Not It's because that has nothing to do with them other than it's where they got married. That's really it. And I'm like, I didn't do it. I didn't take the picture because I knew they didn't care. And I knew that the only reason I was doing it was because I wanted to like be cool or make some picture that other people would be like, Oh, that's cool. So it may be, you know, it may be good marketing to get other people in because sometimes people need tricked <laughs> or, or uh, mm -hmm. persuaded in a different way to get in so that they'll like actually open up. But it's, I have, full hope that the industry is changing already, which is why so many people who have been doing this for so long are like, man, there's gotta be more to it. There's gotta be more to it than just taking cool pictures of cool people. So 
Christine, you offer workshops and private coaching and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. What are how do people get in, in contact yeah. with you? Yeah, you can go to theoddsofcars.com and then we have an education tab. You might want to spell that. Uh, <laughs> the T H E. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, cars. Y O D S U K A R S. We'll put it. Com. Yeah, it'll be, the, the it'll be in the description as well. I just, I, Thanks. every time I say my name, people are like, can you spell that? I'm like, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. It's my name. Why would I not be able to spell it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's the education tab. Um, yeah, we, we can do a 15-minute um, a call to see if one-on-one coaching is good for you or if a workshop is good for you. And if we'll figure it out. If people aren't at a point where they feel they can meet with you one-on-one yet, are, is there anywhere mm-hmm. else they can catch you? Are you going to be speaking at any conferences or anything like that coming up? Yeah, uh, so I'll definitely be at Shutterfest again. Uh, I don't want to say what dates because I'm not you, sure. It doesn't matter. Probably yeah, April. Uh, uh, and then there's a few others that might be happening. Awesome. Cool. Depending, yeah. Are you guys awesome. still doing the, the like weekly episodes on your social media stuff? Your family episodes? No. Rich is so busy. Are those still on YouTube? Yeah, Those yeah. Are fun. Our family I don't know if you ever saw them, Jamie, but they did like weekly episodes of their family life. We did daily, or daily episodes. For sorry, about a year. I've seen some of them, but daily crazy. is crazy. Okay, right, so I just have one note. one quick question, one quick closing question. What's right. what's the craziest thing that's happened um, with like in your travels with your son? Like, what's a what's been a crazy adventure that you guys have been on, or maybe even unplanned? in being like a boss mom that travels with her kid. Everything is planned with my kid. (laughs) (laughs) I am so Aquarius hippie person that I have to plan everything as if I'm a type A person or else I'll end up in like Cabo with Forrest (laughs) and two other children that I just picked up on the side of the road. Like, Drinking virgin pina coladas, it oh, would be good. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I, I am very like stick to the plan when it comes to my son. Okay. Sorry, I know that's not no. It's an funny. It's answer. funny because I was like, "Where is she going with this? She's totally not a type A." Like, you have to plan so that you don't end up be. like, "Oh, we're gonna teach Forrest to fly." Actually, today. <laughs> Yeah, we just decided to yeah. throw that in there. But he uh, he travels quite a lot. I think by the time he was one, he did like thirty five flights or something. Wow, we bring him everywhere. You know, something that I just want to touch on or real quick or just ask you about because I thought it was hysterical was I believe at one point you guys have like a ring doorbell, right, or a camera. Yes, logo. <laughs> some random person came up with their kid. And just started playing on your porch, right? On your play equipment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I posted it. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of feel bad about it because people were like, WTF woman. And I was like flabbergasted that it happened. I wasn't like mad, but I was like, who does this? Yeah. I wouldn't do yeah. that. Like, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. But then I felt bad because people were like so angry. Oh, I wouldn't feel bad. I mean, I think it's pretty 
a pretty Audacious. ballsy move. Like, yeah. yeah. I was trying <laughs> like, to find hey, a look, word. Like, hey, look, there's some play equipment. That looks fun. Yeah. And then didn't someone recreate it at some point? Yes, our friends from Fundy Software. <laughs> <laughs> they all came one day and recreated it for the camera. That's fun. That's funny. We yeah. should definitely. So we have a couple of links we need to put up. One of them being that. <laughs> Is that the craziest thing yeah. you guys have seen through your doorbell camera? I think so. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Pretty hilarious. I I had the same it reaction was. as you. Like who who would do that? Who would walk who by that, right? and see like, oh, that looks like something we could go play on <laughs> in yeah. someone's private property. Yeah. Hey, it's out. It's outside, it was, right? It's outside. Yeah. At least they didn't like go in your backyard. I learned that lesson a few weeks ago the hard way. We had these like little bike ramps. They were made out of some composite plastic thing that we were given from my parents because they once belonged to my little brothers. And they're like these little ramps, you know, that you would roll over when you're a kid. And I had them outside next to our basketball hoop, which is on the sidewalk. Um, and someone stopped and loaded them up and took them away. Like they were just free for the taking. I was like, Oh, (laughs) I guess, (laughs) I guess when you put stuff out on the curb now, people really do think everything is free or trash. Like we had a very similar, I mean, in this, we, I had bought this metal bed frame. I swear on my life, the headboard, the, the main headboard part weighed a hundred to 125 pounds. It was solid steel. We had it leaning up against our fence in our front yard. So it's like grass, sidewalk, fence. This thing's leaning up against it because I was mowing. I came out like an hour later and it was gone. I was like, does it? Who? Who, who does that? Who picked that up, first of all? Because I want to see how that happened. And second of all, what gives you the idea that that was for, like, just for taking? So weird. I don't know. People you used to have to like put free on something. Now yeah. people just yeah. like, yeah, it's mine. Like my car's in my driveway. <laughs> are they also going to assume I don't want that? <laughs> my kids are playing in the front yard. Let's hope it doesn't go too far. <laughs> you guys just can't put anything out front yeah. anymore. These children, these children are unattended and out front. They must be for free. <laughs> oh no, that voice made it so much worse. <laughs> That's the voice. Hey, girl, you smell real nice. <laughs> that is the voice. You smell good. Oh. And that's, that's how we're going to be wrapping things today. And we're done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you for joining us today. Christine. Yeah, thanks for coming on and giving us some of your time. Thank I know it's early me. in the morning for you. Thanks for checking out the Goat Rodeo podcast. Please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Goat Rodeo podcast or on Instagram at the Goat Rodeo podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified as soon as new episodes become available. As always, we thank you for your support and we'll see you soon.